So welcome, and you're listening to Conversations on Sex, Addiction, and Relationships. I'm Wendy Conquest, and I'm here with Dan Drake, Tim Stein, and Jeannie Vittoni. And we're talking about the effects of COVID on our lives and on our relationships. So again, welcome. I'm not finding a lot of conversation around how people are uh, dealing with the last two years. Um, I am, I'm not uh, finding that people are talking about the effects that the whole thing has had on them and their family. Mm. Um, we're not talking about uh, losses. Someone might say, yes, I, I lost two family members. And then that's sort of it. It's like, okay, but that that's kind of a big deal. So I wanted to talk about how the three of you have been experiencing the last two years. And I think, I don't know about you guys, but moving from, because that's a, I think that's going to be huge. That's, I feel, felt like that in relationships or family members, depending on where they stood with things. But I've also noticed um, shifting from your neighbor being a threat to now all of a sudden they're not. You know, I think that what does that do over a couple of years when, you know, everyone you come in contact with could put you in danger mm-hmm. or you could put them in danger? I don't know. That, I, what, what toll does that take psychologically? You know, not just that, but also with the political differences where it went from where we don't always see eye to eye. Yeah, they're a little bit on the conservative side or they're a little bit on the liberal side, but we sort of like get along till this all stuff happened and it pushed so many people to the extremes and now that it's coming out the other side people are kind of hopefully sort of tamping down and what is it like to reconnect with those people that were the other side of that massive political divide or are people reconnecting yeah or or, or are they are they just living with the with the divide and assuming that there is no middle which is equally sad i just, i've noticed out here whatever where a lot of people have been, whether they, how cautious they were, they, they're like, I'm just sick of it. I don't care anymore. Almost, almost this weird shift from, I was really cautious, protective. And now whatever happens, I just, I'm just over it. I'm fatigued. I kind of like this burnout of caution. They just don't care. I think some of that fatigue is partly due to the effectiveness of the vaccines. Is that lots of people still know people who are getting sick, but Although there are lots of people who do get very sick, there are many, many more who aren't. And so the risk factor, I think the fear level has come down, down. and the new norm is it's scary, but it's doable. You just don't know how, you know, if you're going to be the one that's going to be very sick or not. But I think the fear piece, because the effects have gone decreased because of the effects, the efficiency, that's not the word of the vaccine. Yeah, that one. Well, I think also I'm surrounded, the, the people I interact with, it's, all, it's very often a topic of conversation of the impact, especially with the children, you know, students. That's another whole thing. High school age, elementary school, college students, people coming into the, the workforce. So it's a topic we absolutely are talking about regularly. So I, I for me, it doesn't feel like a, a faraway topic that's not discussed. 
But I still think there's yeah. long-term implications. Like what these kids, some of the kids who have never had, uh, never gotten to read facial facial expressions beyond this, or they've yeah. never touched other kids, or you know that that their norm for play is online or learning is online. Like what the heck's that going to do mm-hmm. for socialization, for affect regulation, and you know intimacy and connection with other human beings? I have no idea how that's going to play out. Mm-hmm. I've been wondering about that. I was on a plane um, about three weeks ago, and there was. A newborn baby, and not newborn. I think uh, she might have been maybe a month or two old, but little. And um, and I have my mask on on the plane because right, you have to have your mask on on the plane. And um, and I just wanted to pull my mask down and just smile at her, you know. And I was trying to make my eyes smile while I was smiling behind the mask. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, the only people that she sees smile are her mom and dad, or maybe, you know, close family members, but the majority of humanity that she interacts with, she doesn't get that feedback. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what, yeah, what is this going to look like for her? Because we know with bonding, we want to see the whole face and we want to see the smiles and we want to see, you know, we want to see the smile. Mm-hmm. So for me, I have definitely experienced my own traumatic uh, triggers around things um, with with the virus. And um, one of the things is that, uh, and I'll self-divulge you, one of the things is, I don't know if I did the right thing. I don't know. You know, I made choices along the way, and um, I don't know if I made the right choices. And so that that's and so when I talk to you know my friends sort of from from both positions of um, I have one friend she says you know I'm going to get the vaccine as often as um, I'm being told to and if that's you know twice a year then that's what I'm going to do and then I have on the other side um, people saying um, I am not getting vaccinated um, I don't trust it well, I'm I'm not doing it. So, um, so, so it's this piece of, with my choice, um, did I make the right decision? Did I not make the right decision? Am I, am I on the right track here? I, I found that there are so many, um, variables and what, and I'm going to also be asking you guys, you know, how, like fear, do, do you think certain decisions were based on pure fear or was it, no, I'm taking in all the information, I'm making an educated decision. So like what part of the brain did people, were, were, were people's decisions coming from? Was it the midbrain or was it the prefrontal cortex? Like, where were we making decisions from? You know, there's, there's another topic that comes into this, which I think is fascinating, which is, I believe the term is the Kruger-Dunning effect, which is the less experience and knowledge you have about something, the more you tend to overestimate your ability to understand and perform. And so there's this piece when it comes to the pandemic of when we, we don't have a lot of information, we, we're not epidemiologist experts, but we hear something from the news and we hang on to whatever it is and we overestimate our ability to be accurate and know the facts and really what's going on mm-hmm. as opposed to the experts that are you know, looking at science and so they're much more nuanced. They're like, well, this is what might happen and that which might happen. And, and then, you know, we have a lot of people that, 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 that will say, well, they're idiots because they obviously didn't know. It's like, well, no, they, they were basing their decisions on other stuff. 
we were overestimating our ability to predict and understand what was really going to happen. Mm -hmm. Wendy, on the different one, I really liked when you were saying the, the rejection, like the friend of, you know, only if, only if, and I was thinking that's obviously in my world, a safety seeking piece, you know, trying to make sure it was safe for her to interact in a way that she felt comfortable, but was also from a health perspective, safe. And interesting that you experienced that on the other side of the relationship, you experienced it as a personal rejection. Mm -hmm. And you said that I was just thinking about my experience with my family, friends, and then other clients and such is that, isn't that interesting, the personalization that I too have felt when I examined that for a moment, mm -hmm. that someone else's self-safety mechanisms were for me, a rejection or a push away. So just to remind you all, you're listening to Conversations on Sex, Addiction, and Relationships. And today we're talking about the effects of COVID on society and our psyche. So, um, so one of the pieces that we were talking about is um, what we can do to uh, work with, uh, what do we want to call it? We could call it, it for, for those of you who have had COVID and uh, are suffering from uh, long-term COVID, what can you do? For those of you that are um, experiencing different things like grief, rejection, loss, um, what, can, what can you do? So that's, that's what we're talking about now. So I'm just going to say that um, one of the things that I had to think about a lot was, um, so my parents were uh, 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 teenagers um, during World War II. And so I heard a lot from my mom about what they used to do. And one of the things that was big was going to the movies. And so while, um, and I know that so many people turn to Netflix, um, you know, during these last two years, um, but, but, what I, but the thing that I want to sort of punctuate is what are, you, what are people watching on Netflix? What kinds of material are you allowing into your world now? And so um, I, I guess I would strongly support things that when you start watching it, does your body relax or does it become more stressful? And so, you know, what, is this, what does this mean for, you know, action films or dramatic films or, you know, I, um, my thought is maybe not right now, <laughs> maybe take a break from that right now, um, unless you're feeling a lot of anger. And so what I found is when people are really, really angry, watching material that has angry content can actually be helpful. It's sort of like a, a reflection of, oh, that's how I'm feeling without actually saying it. What do you guys think? I think one of the things I recommend to others and myself, and I, I believe you see this reflected in the parks, is being outside and being with nature and being outside the walls, looking at the sky, looking at the leaves, trees, and other people. Our attendance in our parks has really risen, which is excellent because being outside, connecting with others in a safe way, people tend to feel safer you know, whether they're wearing masks or not when they're walking, they feel safer outside. So really utilizing your recreational um, agencies in your community. Mm -hmm. Have you guys been spending more time outside? I certainly have been hiking the hills a lot. I, early on, probably before 
it was okay to do it. I realized I needed, I needed for my mental health, not just my physical health. Mm -hmm. I realized just early on in the pandemic, I was like trying to, you know, be inside, do, do sessions inside, uh, from home. I, I realized I need to get to the office. Even if I'm doing remote sessions, I needed to get outside. I like walking. I, I live close enough. I can actually walk to the office. It's the least efficient way to get here. And mm -hmm. I try to do it as many days as possible. So That's I do that. I, I go running outside a few days a week. So I, I, I have definitely in a park. I, I need it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I've just really noticed the importance for myself of making sure that my activity level stayed up. I mean, when everything started shutting down, um, you know, my, my wife and I started looking at, uh, there was a person that we, my wife did an aerobics class with, and suddenly she was doing stuff online. So it was like, okay, we're doing that exercise. We've started doing yoga. Um, as it's opened up a little bit more, I've gotten back out to playing tennis and playing soccer. And my son and I are going mountain biking. And um, when my activity level drops away, I, I don't function as well. Um, and I know that there's a natural antidepressant, anti-anxiety related to increased activity level. And I know for myself that that is just uh, super important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I also just want to bring up the idea of, um, so I hear this a lot of a sense of freedom. So if we don't need to wear masks anymore, if we can meet with people again, uh, we can go to different um, venues that that perhaps we couldn't before that um, I, I, I get curious about that part of the brain that says, oh my gosh, you know, I've been repressed, I've been um, trapped, and now I'm free. And so um, I, I guess I would say a word of caution to just be very mindful about, um, especially imbibing in extra alcohol, extra um, mm -hmm recreational drugs, uh, anything like that, to, to just be more, much more aware of um, what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, and the other piece too is don't be surprised if this has manifested in different areas. So um, I have known people who have had a very, very difficult time going back to work or going back to um, full-time work. Uh, there's, there's a feeling they, they can't understand it. It's like, you know, there's just this malaise, this sort of why bother feeling. And I associate that with the grieving process and loss. And so I've been encouraging people to just list your losses, whatever they may be, how minimal it might be. Um, just, just be, be conscious of everything that has been taken away over these last two years. Mm -hmm. And then how do you communicate that to other people and get support around it? Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good point. I, I've even noticed on a subtle level with myself that I'll watch, I'll watch a movie or something I used to, you know, prior to the pandemic, or I'll look back at pictures or I'll think back to events or something. And I'll be like, oh yeah, that's when we sat in a room full of people and didn't think about getting sick from the person next to it. You know, like this weird thing that you didn't think about a couple of years ago as much, unless you had some sort of, you know, terrible condition or something. But now it's, I start shaking people's hands and I'm, you know, how do they, how do they feel about it? What is it? You know, it's just this weird extra steps that I'm finding. It's awkward. It's like a re-entry that feels different. And even in California where we have 
right now at the time we're recording this, we have, you know, we're lowering restrictions, but not in my city. So that's just, it's just a weird juxtaposition. There's some freedom, but then there's not. So some people are just saying, well, screw it. I'm just going to do whatever. And I don't know, it's, it, I'm finding it's kind of confusing and it's awkward a bit to, so just giving, I would just say giving for all of us, giving ourselves permission to, uh, imperfect, be imperfect, I, re-enter in a, in a way that's, it's okay. If it's a little bit we're all trying to figure it out again. And, and that's the other thing too. I would say that sometimes I, I, my, my tendencies want to, we want to go back to back to prior prior or something, or, mm. you know, we're going back. The problem is we're never going back to what we had. It's because we've already had these last couple of years. So I think being mindful, that's part of grief is we're in a different place. Even if there's some, you know, freedoms around, I think it just being mindful that we're all different a couple of years later and giving ourselves some grace for that. Mm-hmm. I, I know that, you know, like you were saying at the time we're recording this, the, the mask mandates in California just lifted. And so I, I went to the grocery store the other day and I had my mask in my pocket, but I walked through the door and as I looked around, everybody had a, had a mask on. And so for me, there was this interesting decision of, well, I don't need to wear a mask, but do I want to wear a mask? And, it, and I put it back, I put it on because it felt like it doesn't bother me to have the mask on. It's not the end of the world. And I, I think the other people would be more comfortable if I did that. And, and there are other times that I've chosen not to wear the wear that mask at, at other times. And I, I don't know what the right choice is or what the wrong choice is. I, I like to think that I'm giving myself permission to be imperfect, like you said. I'm sure there are people out there that would say I'm being paranoid or I'm being a sheeple. But um, but I think I don't think that there's a right way through this and just giving ourselves permission to sort of imperfectly stumble through the reopening assuming it continues um right well can we just pause for a second with that that's a that's a critical assuming it continues we've we've been experiencing that for a couple of years right like okay yeah. where there's some oh there's an opening there's some new free oh wait nope you know we how uh, all through the last couple of years that's the painful piece is that you know it, we keep wanting to be over the hump and then it keeps coming back i just need to make this plug much like partners who think that they're all the way through and the addict is doing better and then they get blindsided by it again. Very true. Very right. true. I wanted I've to talk about two months, two month cycle. Um, so it, it rises for two months, then it goes away for two months. And then um, and someone said, oh, it's around the holidays. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. It, it, it just, I, so now we're in a, 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 the low of two months. So, okay. So in two months, we'll see where we're at. What what gifts, I mean, this has not been a fun two years for anybody, but what gifts have you experienced from this? Is there anything that you walk out of this with saying that that actually was a gift and it was helpful for me? I know I have have some. Yeah, for me, it's about um, relationships. And so, um, and I haven't followed through with this yet, but I want to, is um, making more time for my relatives, making more time for close friends mm-hmm. uh, to, to stay in touch. Um, and I had a very good friend that uh, died at the early stages of COVID, um, kind of a fluke thing, um, but she's gone. And um, that's it. She's gone. So um, didn't expect that. 
you know, did, just didn't expect that to happen. Um, so, um, and I think it's also made me think about my own mortality a lot more. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, you know, I'm not afraid to die. Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. <laughs> so that was a wake up call of, um, wow, you know, this is something that I think I need to look at a little closer. Yeah, this showed me, you know, kind of like what you said with relationships, it, it, it really showed me what was most important. I think when you strip away the day in, day out, and we have to question, how do we work? How do we live? How do we, you know, function as a society or a family or friendships? I think it, it showed me what was the most important and kind of the simplicity. I think getting back to simple routines was, uh, and, and like that was little rituals was something helpful for me. One thing that, that my wife and I do now we, is every Friday we do popcorn Friday, simple. I know. And I look forward to it. It's this little thing. We just don't have to do anything special around it, but I know that I'm going to get some popcorn when I'm, when I go home today, because today's Friday as we're recording, but I don't know. I just, I love it. That's that a little ritual that I can appreciate part of family time. Those little things, I think I appreciate way more than I would have in the past. Mm -hmm. That's been my experience. It's sort of like clarity of my priorities. You know, I, you know, what are the um, activities that I really value and in, in, in carving time out, make sure that those things happen. Um, I realized how much I enjoy having music in my life and you know, I, I, when we record these in my office, you know, you can see behind me that there's a guitar that sits behind me because I moved those to my office so that when I have some free time, I can take care of myself, understanding how much I truly value the relationships and the connections, you know, with family and with friends and who those people are that really feed my soul. Um, you know, I, I've got a greater clarity of all of that because so much of this was was taken away and it just forced me to sit in this little space of, you know, somewhat isolation for a while, brought, brought some, some clarity. For me, I think it was also a, the simplification because mm -hmm. all these distractions are not available. These fun opportunities aren't available. It, it did condense my world. And so I spent more time with my special people, friends and family, but also the simplification. I don't really need all the whatevers. And so I think about also the younger generation is very much in simplification. And then I think about how has this further impacted their view? You've, you've got the teenagers who are much more interested in buying thrift and not buying new objects and gadgets, except for, all for phones. But their world is, their, their environments where they live I'm thinking college age and high school, like where they live, their, their environment is simplistic. And so I think it's very interesting that they naturally were going to that in a way of life. And then COVID, I think probably stronger impact to solidify that now belief. And I'll be very curious as they grow into older adults, how does that change or not change? Do they become the generation of secondhand and let's not do new and we don't need big vacations. Let's just get a backpack and go. How that carries from that developmental place, that generational, and then the impact of COVID. So I'm really just kind of watching how it goes. But for me, 
it was simplification as well. Now, whether I'll stay there or not, I don't know, right? I was just complaining to you all that I need to go on a trip and yet I just went on one, you know, and here I am wanting to run for the hills already. Let, let's go away for a couple of days. So I'm curious how I'm gonna transition when those uh, distractions, those opportunities come back into my world. Will I go for it? Will I not? Will I find a middle ground? I feel like there's a lot of curiosity and experimentation for me, but also I'm guessing for a lot of people. So as we're kind of wrapping up the episode, what, what is one piece of advice you would give to people as sort of like we're going through this transition? What's one thing that you would say, this is what I would recommend that you do to, to take care of yourself moving through this transition? So the self-care focus. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, might, Mental health, self-care focus? Might be self-care. It might be relational. It might be, um, I don't, we do a lot of talk about recovery and healing. It might be something along those lines, but what's, what's one thing that you would just sort of put out there for people to do as we're, we're moving to this transition? Mm -hmm. I would say stay in contact with the people you feel safest, emotionally safest, physically safest with. Mm -hmm because I think that maintains that social interaction, feels safe, feels fulfilling. Um, and if you don't have those people in your life, finding those people in your life. I think it's also probably why a lot of therapists I know are all full, because there's a lot of people reaching out for help, which is excellent. That'd be my go-to. I would say um, have conversations with Wow, have conversations with um, everyone. Um, and I would say, um, if you're up for it, if you're more extroverted, um, whoever you come in contact with, ask them how they're doing. Um, because there's a lot of people in a lot of pain right now. So um, it means a lot to just uh, authentically say, you know, hey, how's your day going? How are you doing? Mm -hmm. And, and, and with the people that you have to have more in-depth conversations about, um, like where, you know, what, what happened over these last two years? Were we in contact? Were we not in contact? Were the things that I said and did that were upsetting? Can I tell you maybe what um, you did <laughs> or said that was upsetting and try to have some resolution around it? Yeah. For me, I'd say couple things. The first would be with new openings, bring possibly new freedoms, which also bring new potential distractions. So there may be more feelings or stuff that's going to surface along the way. So just don't get too distracted by the new shiny things that might be out there that you can, can do or return to or whatever. I think give yourself that, that space to, to kind of sit with what, what we've all been going through for two years, maybe haven't actually been able to fully process since we've been in survival mode for a long time. Um, and, and in the, the same token, at the same time, be gentle with yourself. Be, this is, we're all figuring this out. No, we've never been through this before. So be gentle with yourself. I think for me, I was going to go with the self-care thing, but as we've been, as I've been listening to you, I think the thing that I would just say, more than anything is seek to understand, you know, we're at a point where 
our society has become so polarized, so much us versus them. And the perception that gets put out there is that there is no middle ground. And my experience is that that's not true. And also, if we're all trying to convince the other people they're wrong, logical arguments don't change people's minds. Relationship and emotional experiences and conversations will shift people's perspectives. And so rather than, you know, from one perspective, canceling or from another perspective, you know, saying that somebody is that's absolutely wrong, seeking to understand where other people are coming from, seeking to understand sort of if you disagree with someone, not that just they're wrong, but what, what do they believe and why do they believe it? And, and try to understand what's going on. I think we, I, I think life individually and as a community is much fuller and richer when we use that to step forward with, as opposed to highlight the differences. So thank you all for joining us today as we had a sort of off different conversation today about COVID and uh, the conversation of sex addiction and relationships. We hope that you enjoyed our program today and listen for more future episodes. And keep rating us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. All those places. Yeah. <laughs>